Welcome on into the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Today's episode, we're going to be covering some of the new coaching news that we've heard. Um, also, a new GM was hired. Um, we'll get into talking about that. Um, what's going on in the playoffs right now? Um, maybe a prediction on where I see these playoffs going. And then we'll talk about the uh, the NBA draft lottery that happened on Tuesday. Talk about the results and what it means for the league. So first off, um, we'll probably I'll probably go ahead and start with who I believe was the best coach that got hired this week. Um, Rick Carlisle is heading back to the Indiana Pacers. He coached there from 2004 to 2007 before going over to the Dallas Mavericks and leading them to a championship. Um, Rick Carlisle was the coach when Jermaine O'Neal and Ron Artest was, were there. Um, he was a coach when the Malice in the Palace happened, um, which if you're not familiar, <clears throat> there was a, a scuffle that happened on the court, and then as the players were being broken apart, a, uh, a fan threw a, a beer on Ron Artest, and Ron Artest flew into the crowd and started beating up on the fan. Um, it led to Ron Artest being banned from the league for a year, um, and it just ruined everything that the Pacers had going for them. They were Rick Carlisle really had that team looking good. In his time in, in Dallas, he always had winning teams, um, and of course won a championship in 2011, I believe, um, with Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Kidd and that group. Um, so a very good hire for the Pacers. Now I believe that since they brought him in, they may change a little bit up uh, as far as their personnel goes. Rick Carlisle likes to have multiple ball handlers on the court at at the same time. He's not afraid to run three-point guards on the uh, in the game at the same time. Um, and right now, the Indiana Pacers are more built around their bigs, DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner. Um, so I think that we might see a little bit of a personnel change. Uh, but yeah, Rick Carlisle is the new head coach for the Indiana Pacers. Now another new or another head coach that just got hired, um, I just mentioned him, uh, was on those Dallas Mavericks, uh, that Dallas Maverick team that won the championship back in 2011. Jason Kidd has been hired as the new head coach for the Dallas Mavericks. Now Jason Kidd has ha- has been a head coach in two different spots, both uh, with the Nets and with the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, he was not really successful in either spot, um, and since then has been an assistant coach under Frank Vogel in, in Los Angeles. As, as far as I know, he's done a good job as an assistant coach. I just I don't know if he's learned enough in his time away from being a head coach and being the guy in charge to be ready to take over a team again, uh, but hopefully he has the, you know, he's taken over a team that has Luka Doncic, and Kristaps Porzingis currently as their their top players. Now there's been a ton of rumors about possible Kristaps Porzingis trades because he and Luka don't get along too well, and you know Kristaps has just not been the player that they had hoped he would be when they traded for him. Um, so they're going to be looking for a new number two to put next to, to Luka and figuring out stuff with Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, and possibly a, number, a third star to add next to Luca, um, and to help with doing that, 
the Mavericks replaced Donnie Nelson as the general manager, hired Nico Harrison, who does not have any experience in the NBA, but has been has run the uh, NBA shoes brand of Nike for many years. Um, back when the uh, Spurs were looking for an assistant GM, Nico interviewed with them. Now, I don't know if he was actually offered the job or they decided not to pick him or what happened there. Um, but he's somebody that a lot of people have always assumed would at some point move into a front office with a team. So he's going to be taking over with the Mavericks. Now, the thing with the Mavericks is Mark Cuban, the owner, is the guy that's going to get the final say. Um, but he likes to have many advisors around him, which is something that Nico Harrison will be. And also Michael Finley, who played for the Mavericks for a long time um, with uh, the Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash group, will also be in that front office uh, helping out there. Um, and then finally, the uh, Boston Celtics hired their new coach, Aimee Yudoka, who was a longtime assistant coach under Greg Popovich. Um, two years ago, went to coach um, in Philadelphia uh, under Brett Brown. <clears throat> After Brett Brown got fired there, he went and coached uh, under Steve Nash this year. Um, so he's a first-time head coach, uh, which is what the apparently the Celtics were looking for, a, a, a first-time head coach that was a former player that could relate really well to players. Um, and so he's going to a, a job where he gets to <clears throat> work with two young rising stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They just made a trade sending Kemba Walker away to bring back Al Horford, and I, I expect to see probably at least a couple more big moves from the Celtics team to put together the roster that Brad Stevens wants to put together as the new head of basketball operations, and that fits Aimee mean, Udoka's uh, vision for the team. Other jobs that are still available, the Portland Trailblazers job is, is, is available. Um, it looks like Chauncey Billups, Becky Hammond, and uh, Mike D'Antoni are the, the three finalists for that job. Um, Chauncey Billups was looked at as the front runner, uh, but apparently after Mike D'Antoni inter interviewed, it looks like he's moved up to the front. Um, but Blazers owner Jody Allen, who, I, who inherited the team from, I don't know if it's her husband or, or her, her dad, um, Paul Allen, after he passed away, took over that the team she is pushing for Becky Hammond now I'm sure Becky Hammond is very qualified she's been on Greg Popovich's bench for a few years now and I'm sure at some point we'll have a female head coach in the NBA my thing is I don't want it to be a you know a, a woman empowerment thing where she just gets the job because she's a woman I want to make sure that it's somebody that's actually qualified that's going to do a good job. Because, again, like I said, I'm sure she's qualified. I'm sure she knows what she's doing. But if she doesn't, and they bring her in to be a head coach, and she does awful, then we'll probably never see a female head coach in the NBA again. 
Um, so they really need to be careful about that if that's who they decide to hire. I think Mike D'Antoni would be a, a great pick there because they have a star point guard in, in Damian Lillard. And we've seen with Mike D'Antoni, when he has a star guard, whether it be Steve Nash with the Suns or James Harden with the uh, Houston Rockets, he gets he has a lot of success with those guys. Um, in Washington, it looks like they are looking... Um, probably at Terry Stotts and Steve Clifford, a coach that has experience that can lead a team actually to the playoffs. Uh, I highly doubt that they'll hire a first-time head coach. Um, Oh, and Jacques Vaughn, who is uh, an assistant for the Nets, is also in the running for the Wizards job. Um, And then for the Magic, I really haven't heard anything as far as them with their coaching search, uh, same with the Pelicans. Um, but the Pelicans are also possibly looking at Jacques Vaughn, um, from what I've heard, but there's not any like clear reporting on what's going on there. Um, so with that, you know, right now the, the conference finals are going on. Um, the Bucks are going up against the Hawks and the Suns are playing the Clippers. The Suns are up two to one to the Clippers right now, um, and you know you got to give Tyrone Lue a lot of credit with the with the Clippers. I really didn't think he was that great of a coach with the Cavaliers, but watching him, the guy knows how to make adjustments in both the series with the the Mavericks and with the Jazz, and now the series with the Suns. Those first two games, they're of course still trying to win. But he is making it little adjustments. He's tweaking things. He's finding what rotation works. And once he's got that other team figured out, he's usually going to win the series. And that's how it's going with the Suns. The Suns won game one and two. The Clippers had a really good chance of winning game two. But in game three, it looked a lot like the Clippers had the Suns figured out and could possibly be heading to another series win after going down 0-2. Um, so Tyrone Lue, I, you know, he, he deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing there with the Clippers. Um, on the other side, the uh, Bucks and the Hawks, they're playing tonight. The Hawks won game one. The, Matt, the Bucks really just could not hit a shot in game one. Um, and it was still a really, really close game. I'm expecting this series to be to go to the Bucks in either five or six games. I think they'll they just have so much more talent and size and experience. But you know the the Hawks are really a surprise team this year. You know uh, Nate Nate McMillan took over as the interim coach um, after Lloyd Pierce was fired, um, and they've looked really really good since Nate McMillan took over. Now, one thing I got to say about that is it kind of ticks me off the situation with Lloyd Pierce. So they added a lot of talent to this team over the offseason, and then they gave Lloyd Pierce, like I think, like 20 games, and then they fired him. But before the season started, they hired Nate McMillan to be one of his assistant coaches, and they kept saying, oh, we're not bringing – Nate in to to eventually take over as the head coach. He's going to be an assistant for Lloyd. 
and really as soon as they could they made Nate the head coach um, I I really just it rubs me the wrong way an organization that runs things that way where they're like oh no Lloyd you're still the you're still the coach you're still the guy in charge Nate's just here to help you and then as soon as Lloyd has a little bit of a tough time this season it's like all right see you Nate's in charge now um, but either way you know Nate McMillan's having a lot of success with this team um, and so it'll be fun to see where the rest of this series goes finally um, like I said the, the NBA draft lottery happened on uh, Tuesday now there wasn't a ton of movement but there were some teams that that either moved up into really good spots or moved down and were really disappointed um, so first off the Pistons have the number one overall pick um, they had the second best odds going into the lottery um as far as anybody else can tell, uh, it looks like Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State will probably be the number one overall pick. Um, but guys like Jalen Green and Evan Mobley are also in the discussion. But Cade Cunningham's been the consensus number one for quite a while now. Um, the Rockets got the second pick, which is great for the Rockets, first off, because they get the second pick. They can take Mobley. They can take Jalen Green. They could... Uh, They could, uh, sorry, there's something going on the road. I got a little distracted. Um, anyway, they could take Evan Mobley. They could take Jalen Green. They could possibly take Jalen Suggs. They could trade the pick. But the nice thing for the Rockets was if the pick fell out of the top four, then it was going to go to the, to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, so they get to keep their pick. And it's a super high pick. Number three is the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they had the fifth best odds going into the lottery, so they moved up two spots. Um, now, they're in an interesting spot because if they take Jalen Green, they already have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton in their backcourt. Um, but it looks like Colin Sexton might be on the trade market. Um, you know, but the... The thing with the Cavaliers, though, is they're in a spot where they just got to take the best, the highest talented player they can. doesn't matter on position. Um, and then number four is actually the Toronto Raptors, and they moved up from number seven uh, to get this pick. And it's it's really nice for them because now with Kyle Lowry leaving, you know, they won a championship a couple years ago, and that group is basically all gone. And now they have this younger group in Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., uh, Chris Boucher that they can start to build around. And they can get a very talented player like, you know, Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Scotty Barnes, somewhere in that range. Um, the fifth pick goes to the Orlando Magic. Um, the Magic kind of hit the reset button this this last year. Traded away Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon. Um, added a lot of picks, and 
have a good opportunity here with five, and they have number eight, which was going to be the Bulls pick, but um, now belongs to the Orlando Magic. Number six is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They probably had the most disappointing night out of anybody in the in this lottery because they had a chance for their own pick to be number one, and then, like I said, if that Houston pick was outside of the top four, they would get that pick. So they could have got, been the first and the fifth pick. Instead, they're going to have the sixth pick and I think the 18th pick. And then they have also the pick that they got from the Kemba Walker trade, which is 16. Um, so a disappointing night for them. They still have just so many first-round picks in their coffers that I'm not too worried about them. But, you know, can you imagine them adding Cade Cunningham and then, like, Scotty Barnes or Jonathan Kaminga to Shea Gilgis-Alexander? That would have just sent their rebuild into hyperdrive and just really gotten them to where they want to be very quickly. Um Number seven is the Golden State Warriors. Um, this pick is the, the pick that they got from the D'Angelo Russell-Andrew Wiggins trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves. If this pick had been in the top three, it would have stayed with the Timberwolves. Um, the Golden State Warriors also have the 14th pick, which is our own pick. Um, I expect at least one of these picks to get traded as they look for more veteran talent to put around Steph Curry uh, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Like I said before, the eighth pick belongs to the Orlando Magic. The ninth pick is the Sacramento Kings. Um, the Kings have got to figure out exactly what they're doing. If they're going to really rebuild around De'Aaron Fox, or if they're going to keep trying to put veterans around this group and maybe sneak their way into the eight seed um and this high of a pick and the guy they picked last year Tyrese Halliburton are good starts towards a rebuild if that's the way they decide to go the 10th pick belongs to the New Orleans Pelicans um good opportunity for them to put some more talent around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and then as far as 11, 12, and 13 go, I don't remember the exact order off the top of my head, uh, but those picks belong to the Pacers, the Hornets, and the Spurs. Um, for the Pacers, um, like I said, they just hired Rick Carlisle, so this is a good opportunity for them to go add some more ball handling or maybe find a replacement, more of a modern uh, forward to replace either DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner. They could also use Turner or Zabonis in this and this pick in a trade to possibly move up or to get um, a star player or whatever. They have options here. Um, next is the Hornets, who have the Rookie of the Year, Lamelo Ball, on their team. Um, you know they have Gordon Hayward. Their big thing is finding a center this year. They have they have good guards. They have pretty good forwards. Um, but they're going to, whether it be through the draft or through free agency, they're going to need to find a center. Now, as far as the draft goes, there's not really great options here at center. You know, Evan Mobley at two or three is the best one. And then after that, it's quite a while until you get to a, a decent center. Um, so I could see them trading this pick 
um, to either move up if they want to try and move all the way up to get Evan Mobley or to move down or actually move out of the draft and find themselves a good starting center. Um, as far as the Spurs go, you know, they've got some really good young talent that they're starting to build around. Um, I'd expect them to kind of look more in the, the wing area. Um, you know, these guys like Jalen Johnson, Franz Wagner, um, maybe Moses Moody, um, somebody that can play the, the small forward or the power forward position. And then if you're curious, um, the Jazz have the 30th pick. Um, but with that, um, we'll go ahead and end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, have a great day. Watch the, the Bucks and the Hawks game tonight. And uh, bye!